grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear Christian friends, when someone asks you, how are you doing, how do you respond? The other day, I asked one of our WS teachers, how are you doing, and she said, not well, and then she went home sick 10 minutes later. If I ask Pastor Peters, who many of you know, how are you doing, he says, I'm living the dream, Mike, living the dream. If you ask me, you know I'll always reply, fantastic. But maybe you're like most people, and you just reply, good, fine, okay, and all of those mean meh, M-E-H, meh. It's a sound that has become a word. It doesn't mean sad. It doesn't mean grief-stricken or depressed. It means that there's no spark. There's no pizzazz. There's no joy. It's just meh. There's even a meme that we have, or an emoji on our phones for meh. It's not the frowny face. It's not the smiley face. It's not the cool guy with the sunglasses, the one I like to use in my text. It's just two lines for eyes and a flat line for a mouth. Is that how you would describe your effort at work? at home, at school, on the athletic field, in life. Meh. Imagine, about 2,000 years ago, someone in the royal palace in Jerusalem asks King Solomon, Hey, King, how are you doing today? And Solomon replies, meh. Although in Hebrew, it would have been hevel, the word vapor. How are you doing today, King? And then he says, Nothing but vapor, totally vapor. Everything is just vapor that vanishes. That's the second verse of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And then Solomon, the author of Ecclesiastes, goes on for another hour, 12 full chapters, using the word vapor 35 times. Our Old Testament lesson for today is in the middle of Solomon's speech. We're going to examine that text verse by verse, and we'll see just how meh Solomon feels about work. He writes, Anyone who loves money is never satisfied with money, and anyone who loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is vanishing vapor. America's first billionaire, John D. Rockefeller, was once asked, How much money is enough? He famously replied, just a little bit more. Well, that's an attitude about wealth that isn't just held by wealthy people like Solomon or Rockefeller. If we love wealth or money, we will never be satisfied with our wealth or money. It can be a homeless person that is always desiring a better shopping cart or a better parking bench. We are often desiring a better neighborhood, a bigger pay raise, a newer car. If we live according to what our sinful flesh wants, whatever we have will never be enough. It will all be vapor. Solomon says, when goods increase, so do those who eat them. What profit then does the owner get except to see these things with his eyes? It's common to believe that the more we have, then the happier we'll be. And many of us have our houses, we have garages and yards, some even have storage sheds. And we fill all of those things with stuff. And what do we do with that stuff? 
much of it just collects dust. Does any of that really make us any happier? If we base our happiness on our stuff, then we're just left feeling meh. He says, the worker's sleep is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but a rich person's abundant possessions allow him no sleep. When we cram our bellies full while we are binge-watching TV shows, we are left feeling bloated and lethargic. And then it's difficult to have a good night's sleep. But Solomon gives us the wisdom to have healthy eating and exercise habits, and that usually leads to a good night's sleep. There's a good recipe for not feeling meh. He says, I have seen a sickening evil under the sun. Wealth hoarded by its owner to its own harm, or wealth that is lost in a bad investment, or a man fathers a son, but he has nothing left in his hand to give him. We work valiantly to be able to retire comfortably and then have enough left over to give an inheritance to our children. But Solomon reminds us that our futures and our fortunes can be lost in a moment of misfortune. A long illness, a natural disaster, a stock market crash, a long stay in a nursing home, and suddenly our nest egg is wiped out. We have as little at the end of our life as we had at the beginning of our life. As he came out from his mother's womb, so he will go again, naked as he came. And then Solomon ends with this dark expectation. Just as he came, so he will go. So what does he gain, he who works for the wind? Besides this, during all his days he eats in darkness with great frustration, sickness, and anger. If we are trying to find our safety, security, and satisfaction in our wealth and money, or peace and contentment in our possessions, or happiness and joy in our stuff, then it's all futile. It's like we're chasing after the wind. Friends, I know how busy you are. You, you put in long hours at work. You try to have your children all kinds of activities. You try to cram as much into a 24-hour period as humanly possible. And yet, how does all of that make you feel? Are you happy? At peace? Content? At best, are you left feeling meh? The first verses of Ecclesiastes 5 are a stark reminder that when we try to fill up our lives with all of this stuff to find joy and peace and happiness, those things don't last. They are vapor, meaningless, meh. So what is the answer to all of our feelings of meh? Well, it's like a children's devotion. The answer is Jesus. But since you're adults, we'll go a little deeper. How does Jesus affect your attitude at work, our efforts in the classroom, our activities on our calendar. Isn't Jesus only about the, li the next life? What effect does Jesus have on this life? We rightly believe that Jesus will take us from this place to a better place in heaven. There we will be eternally in God's presence. 
Because Jesus Christ did the hard work of leaving his throne in heaven to come and be born and laid in a manger. He did the hard work of being baptized for humanity's sins and going out into the desert to defeat the devil's temptations. He did the hard work of living perfectly in our place. He did the hard work of teaching and preaching, healing and converting. He did the hard work of suffering for humanity's sins, being forsaken by his heavenly Father and giving up his life as a ransom for many. He even did the hard work of raising himself from the dead on the third day. And Jesus found great joy in all of that hard work. And he finds his reward when those who believe in him, he is then able to give his hard work over to them. He finds great joy in redeeming our body and soul for the life to come. We also rightly believe, but perhaps do not emphasize enough that Jesus also redeems our body and soul for the here and now. Jesus loved God above all things so that you can now love God above all things. He loved his neighbor above himself so that you can now love your neighbor above yourself. In all things, Jesus always glorified God So now, through faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives the occasion, motivation, and satisfaction so that whether you eat or drink or do anything else, you do everything to the glory of God. Jesus is not only your one-way ticket to a better place. He is a source of joy in every place where he is present. And he is present with you now in word and sacrament. So he brings joy to your work here on earth, in your home, satisfaction with your work, fulfillment with your education, contentment with everything that you are blessed with, and contentment with everything when you have very little. Because the only way that St. Paul's words to Timothy in our second lesson make any sense at all is if they are spoken to those who have faith in Jesus Christ, that knowing that he has redeemed our body and soul, work and possessions. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we certainly cannot take anything out. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will will be satisfied. The other day, a friend of mine uh, admitted on social media that she's struggling right now. She wrote, it's been hard lately. I've been struggling to work a new full-time job, fix up an old house that has issues, support my husband in his new job, design an affordable home, and still feel like I'm able to give my all at home. I don't feel like I'm currently a good wife, daughter, friend, or mom. I don't feel like I'm doing my best to be able to care for the cares, health, and emotions of my five children. I want to know the secrets of those super moms who have five or more children and still get a decent, healthy meal on the table and have time to do workouts and have their hair done in more than a frizz bun and, bonus points, have each of their children perfectly recite their Bible memory treasures to their teachers at school. That's real. That's raw. Do you ever feel like that? 
meh, meaningless, useless, unimportant, vague, vapor. Because I happen to be working on Ecclesiastes 5 for this sermon, I copied and pasted the last few verses of this text. They're a lot more cheerful and encouraging than the previous verses. Solomon writes, So then here is what I have seen to be good. It is beautiful to eat, to drink, and to look for good in all of a person's hard work, which he has done under the sun during the few days of his life that God has given him, for that is his reward. Likewise, for everyone to whom God has given wealth and riches, if God has also given him ability to eat from it, to enjoy his reward and to rejoice in the results of his hard work, this is a gift of God. For the man seldom reflects on the days of his life since God keeps him busy with the joy in his heart. Friends, without Jesus in your life, then everything that you do at its best can only be good, fine, okay, or meh. But with Jesus inside of you, alongside of you, working and redeeming everything you think, say, and do, then Solomon says that you can find joy in what you eat and drink and your work. You find reward as you realize that your hard work, the calluses and sore muscles and exhausted mind are gifts from God for a job well done. He says that you can end each day in reflection and prayer on your own, with your spouse, with your family, thanking God that he has kept you busy with Christ's joy in your heart. The parents find joy in their struggles with their children who don't like to sit still or remain quiet during church. They, those parents can still find joy because they know that they are raising up their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. The wife finds satisfaction in being a stay-at-home mom, even though she knows that it's going to be a terrific strain on the family finances if without two incomes, and yet she knows that no one else can love, care, and nurture for her children better than she can. The husband finds contentment in passing up a promotion so that he has his evenings free to be with his wife and take his children fishing on the weekend. The members find fulfillment with their offerings, their efforts, and in their ties and their wills for the continued ministry of their church because they have prayed, move our hearts to seek you and your kingdom that all good things may be given to us as well. The couple finds reward as they move an elderly parent into their house with them because they know that no one else can love, care, or nurture their parent better than they can. And the elderly lady finds peace even though she has to give up her independence as she is allowing her children and her care workers to show love for her and glorify God in the way that they are taking care of her. You see, without faith in Jesus, all of this work is vapor. But with faith in Jesus, all of this has value. 
Without the focus on God's kingdom, then our work is just hard. But with the focus on that we are doing this work as part of being in God's kingdom, then all of our hard work is a reward. Without putting our money and property in its proper place, we're just going to be clutching all of that stuff. But when and we become the master instead of letting those things master us, then we are content with nothing more than the daily bread that we pray for. Without Christian love motivating everything we do, then we're just plain busy. But when we are emphasizing loving God and loving our neighbor above all things, then we find joy in our busyness. Then each day is not just meh. Each day is marvelous. We are able to reflect on each day as another gift from God, a day to keep busy with the joy of Jesus in our hearts. Amen.